Hello and welcome to the Caledonian Kings Wrestling Podcast. We're back. Uh, <laughs> a wee week off, sure. It was nice. It was smashing. Well needed. Uh, but now we've got a break for wrestling. I mean, we still watch WrestleMania. Um, yeah, yeah. Which turned out to be not quite, not too bad at all. I actually loved it. Um, highlights were obviously the cinematic matches. I master a, a big talking point, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed the show. To be honest, yeah. um, I think, didn't think we would. So. No, no, no. no. You, if you liked WrestleMania, it was either because. You, you love the cinematic matches. If you hated it, then you would no, you wouldn't have liked WrestleMania. So. Yeah, a, a lot a lot more good than bad. Um, yeah. So we never did a review or, or anything. We actually quite enjoyed just watching it, and um, obviously yeah. with the social distancing, we had to watch yeah. it online together. But so, it was, yeah, we set up it was still enjoyable. Being party remotely, and I seen you'd put up your reviews on Twitter and stuff like that. So. Um... Ah, yeah, we sort of did a wee sort of recap on Twitter yeah. um, of some of the matches and stuff like that. But as you say, the cinematic matches were brilliant. Um, yes. And it certainly showed Undertaker's strengths for a change. <laughs> he looked like um, a million bucks. Let's absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this week we're doing something a wee bit different. Um, we're going to be doing the, the quote-unquote career retrospective. So it's, this is your life in wrestling. Um <laughs> And the, the first choice was the, the 2020 Hall of Fame elect. Um, not quite sure when that's going to go ahead, but it's Dave Batista, um, which I think it was you that actually came up with that name first year. I thought, who, who should we do first? And you thought, I think Batista's a good shoot. Yeah, I think and he's, the, he's someone that does continually get under, underlooked and underappreciated um, for what he has done. Um, obviously, if you kind of look at evolution of people, always kind of talk about Triple H and Orton. Uh, yeah, I think Batista's a solid hand, and I think he's worth talking about. Absolutely. So we've we've delved into his 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 life, um, more so his wrestling career, of course. Um, we are a wrestling podcast, so we're not going to be telling you what he used to eat for his lunch at school. <laughs> um, but you know, I've sort of I've done a wee bit on on his history, sort of growing up, because I think that's always a a good sort of scope to see where they come from in yeah, terms of how they get into the business. Yeah. Um so so Dave was born in Washington D C um nineteen sixty nine. So um the fact that he, he made his wrestling debut in two thousand well two thousand was when he got into wrestling, he was quite a late bloomer <laughs> in that sense of the word. Yeah. Um so his mother is of Greek descent and his father is of Filipino descent. Hence you get this lovely mix of gorgeous bastardness. Uh, <laughs> He's that handsome guy, isn't he? What a, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky bastard. Um, so but Batista, he stated on various occasions on podcasts and interviews and stuff. He had, he had a hard upbringing. Um, by the age of nine, three murders had occurred outside his house. Um, he was also stealing cars from his youngest 13, causing all sort of trouble for his family. Um, and I think that's probably more his surroundings than anything else that dragged him into that. And you know, you hear about that for a lot of people in a yeah. lot of places, don't you? Um, product, product of the environment, especially definitely. by gang. Um, orientated ghettos of uh, maybe ghettos the wrong word there, but, uh, that kind of rough area, Washington and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely. Um, I think he also was a bouncer. Um, once he was aged enough, um, by the age of seventeen, he was estranged from his parents and living alone. So he wasn't very. He was quite, you know, not very social. He liked to just go out and do his own thing. Would you, um, would you say, and he had to pay the bills? Would you say he walked alone? There's <laughs> <laughs> the first one. <laughs> you only get one of them. <laughs> Um, so he, he, while he was a, a bouncer, he, he served a year probation after an assault um, on two people as well. So not looking good for Dave at the start. Um, and then he found bodybuilding, which was what he said saved his life. Um, mm-hmm. It was something he got into and, and was able to direct his focus on something other than violence and, and, and the sort of wrong ways of life. He was also a lifeguard, you know, paying the bills with that as well. Um, 
but you know, he, he said it was the best decision ever made was to get in the bodybuilding because it totally changed him. And he still credits his parents, you know, from from giving him the values that he uses even now with the success he's had. Um, you know, I think it's, it is difficult when you're young and stuff like that to, to, to go down different paths. And um, it's easy to blame other people, so it's nice that he took it on his own and said that was all me. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's a good a good level of respect for him for that. You know. Um, Dave has also been married and divorced three times and he has three children, which is just something to add in there. <laughs> um, so, wrestling. Let's talk about wrestling. Um, so, Dave tried out at WCW's power plant and he was told by Sarge, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, that he would never make it in the wrestling business. Does that surprise you? Uh, um, <laughs> knowing that WCW is now out of business, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. Have you ever seen the the Louis Louis Theroux wrestling documentary? It's so good. Oh, amazing! So, if you've watched that, you'll know who we're talking about, and you'll know that he's as big as dick as he sounds. This Sarge. So, Louis Theroux, um, British uh, documentary filmmaker for the BBC, was doing some very niche uh, markets in America during the nineties, and they stumbled across the WCW power plant. So he went and spent like a week uh, interviewing the wrestlers, the trainers, um, had a rather awkward conversation with Roddy Piper uh, and, Go- and Bill Goldberg as well. He actually got, yep. he was a world champ at the time. Um, so it was weird seeing this because uh, obviously Luther wasn't very famous at the time. And this was a time as well where wrestling, otherwise it was totally hidden, but you know, it was... Oh, it was niche. It was, oh, it was niche. Back yeah. then it definitely was. Mm-hmm. You know, so he he was in there trying to ask tough questions and ask how it all worked, and just nobody was giving him anything. Yeah. So you know, because nowadays wrestlers just don't tell you what they want you want to hear. Yeah. So watching watching that back, and I was like, I was only quite recently I watched that for the first time because mm-hmm. I'd never knew much about it. Um, and that, but that's Sarge, man. He he's a character. He's, that's a, he's <laughs> very much um, So like, the allegations that were getting thrown about against Bill Demott, he's like that multiplied by like twenty. He's just an arsehole. And, yeah. And that's a guy that's brought through stars such as. Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare and <laughs> Sean Mustafa. Yeah, the cream of the crop. Only the cream of the crop nah. came through the power plant. <laughs> so um, after being rejected there, um, he went to WWF to try and get a job or a trial or something, and they advised him because they didn't have any wrestling training to go and train with Afa Anoahi, um, obviously from the World Samoans. Um, at his training facility um, and he did so and he was signed by WWE in 2000 at the age of 31 so as I said late bloomer um, in terms of getting into wrestling um, he was assigned to OVW or Ohio Valley Wrestling which was the developmental territory at the time uh, obviously it became FCW and then NXT as we know it now um, and he was given the name Leviathan great um, name what a name that's exactly what I've he would go undefeated until losing to Kane with the help of Stone Cold Steve Austin at an OVW Christmas Chaos event, easy for me to say. <laughs> um, not a bad rub for a young rookie um, losing to two stars like that yep. in 2000, 2001, you know. Um, he was, of course, part of that legendary OVW class, um, including Shelton Benjamin, John Cena, Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar. Um, not bad A better company. class than ever was. Yeah, not bad company though. <laughs> Um, Dave was then called up to the Smackdown roster um, after appearing in dark matches as Deacon Batista and this was in 2002 um, post-Wrestlemania sort of time and he was partnered up with Reverend Devon um, as his enforcer and protector of his um, church fund um, where he would come out cl- clutching a money tin um, and accompany Devon to the ring during matches and promo segments etc um, he'd finally get in the ring during tag action um with the latter against Farouk and the aforementioned shining sp- prospect of Randy Orton. Um, just on OVW there, Stuart, mm-hmm. do, do you think that that old sort of system um, 
where it was developmental in terms of, you know, you sit them down there and they're in front of nobody. They can learn everything. Well, I say nobody, but in front of small, small crowds. Um, and then they can come up and just be no one to everybody else, you know, um, and be introduced with a blank, a blank canvas. You think that works better than the current system? Or um, you think the current system is much better? I think the current system is much better because people are getting trained in a better way. They're more, they're getting taught how to do everything the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see what you mean. Uh, yeah, I I, um, I do prefer the current way. Came yeah, it's, it's six and a half a dozen to a degree, but isn't it? You can't um, argue the success of the people that came through that system, though, like an old school developmental territory. Yeah, because I mean, the thing is, nowadays when guys come up from NXT, you're, you've already watched them for a couple of yeah, years. Yeah, everybody knows who they are, so I, I get what you mean. Like the, back in the day, obviously, like, we're, we're going to talk about the Cena, Orton, uh, Lesnar and Dave class there. They were forced to be good because yeah. no one knew who they were so they had to make an impact from the start and lo and behold oh, I mean all four of them did and all four of them will be in the Hall of Fame at one point so yeah it's the, it's the diamonds under pressure sort of thing isn't it um, yeah I think both uh, both both systems are have got merit in their own um, in their own ways and stuff so can't can't really fault either way <laughs> I, I know absolutely um, I just thought I just thought it was an interesting one mm-hmm. because we don't, it's not something you, you ever really talk about is OVW etc so I thought I wonder, I wonder what, what your take on that was mm-hmm. um, so we have reviewed this match this is his first match his debut match um, we have obviously handpicked some matches throughout his career yeah. um, that we're going to be doing reviews main, on because that's what we do here <laughs> yeah um, so the first match is Batista and Revan Devon versus Randy Orton and Farouk on the June 27th 2002 edition of Smackdown um, first and foremost, uh, Reverend Devon's music is hilarious. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I love the I love the music. I love the gimmick. I fucking loved it at the time. Um, I thought it was very very refreshing what they done. Uh, obviously, split the Dudleys up um, and see uh, how they go. Obviously, you've got fucking dancing Bubbery on Raw, but you've got Reverend <laughs> Devon on SmackDown, which is, ah brilliant. Yeah. Um, I love this gimmick. This is my favourite version of Devon. It's, it's you know what, like it, it really does get overlooked, and I know that people think back to it and they think that that was a flop but was it i don't you know what so. it, it really gave somebody something just a totally different as you said, as you said a freshen up and they went back to being the dudleys i think in survivor series this year so it wasn't yeah. it like a long-term thing um and also it's a good way to debut batista beside somebody who's been there yes, you know exactly um, it's the proper um the heel trying to get his um get his point across but he needs a big enforcer yeah, um, it and if you look at Batista then as well, that's all he had to him. Yes, you know, size. He shaved yeah. his hair at this point as well, so he was just a big brute. Um, but it's it's also a strange match as well because Devon's hardly a small guy. Like Devon is massive. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the other team as well, Orton and Farouk, like what a mismatch of tag team partners all around here. It's just bizarre. Yeah, it was very much a thrown together yeah. <laughs> match here. Um, Orton gets a lot of the showcase throughout the match. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Obviously, they had him as their, 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 their third generation. Um, well, Orton had already debuted. Um, and yeah, and he debuted a few weeks before, yes. um, and he got a few upset victories and stuff Again, like that as well. Ollie, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, so that, he, that's who they were trying to shine a light on through throughout the match. But all in all, Batista comes in at the end of the match, um, gets the blind tag, absolutely decapitates Orton. Oh, he turns him inside out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching it going, holy yeah. fuck. Uh, turns him inside out, takes his head clean off, and then hits a big spine buster. So we only get about forty seconds of Batista, yeah, but he gets the one, two, three. Yeah. Um, I would like to have seen him and Farouk just have a wee the, face off. The big you man know. versus the big man. Mm-hmm. Aye, just, like just, him. just for. I mean, no, not that it would have meant much, but it was just, it would just be, you know, um, 
there's sort of two two big guys in there just facing off because Farouk was a big guy in his day as well. Hey, what, did you, um, what did you think of this match then? It was all right. Um, good showing for Batista. Obviously, they were trying to get the two young guys over um, in terms of, you know, look at these guys. <laughs> these are new. They're new like them, you know. Um, but Dave... The commentators did it from the start. They got him over with, with, the, with the size of him because at that point he'd only be wearing those sort of sleeveless suits, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so when you see him, he's top off. You think, Jesus yeah. man, what a specimen! Yeah. That's <laughs> it. You've you've pretty much wrote exactly what I've wrote there. Um, I thought the commentators they only put over the size of Batista. Like, give us his background. Like, you know, give us something. Uh, to care about him, you know. What I mean, that's what I thought. Yeah, uh, that would have been good. But and um, I thought it was explosive. The, the the tag, well, obviously these forty seconds, it was explosive. Um, the match yeah. itself was pretty meh. It was what it was. Uh, I'd have preferred to seen the pinfall uh, against Farouk, like against the bigger guy, to show more dominance. Uh, I thought that made a bit more sense. Yeah. Um, did you see the video package before the match? Fucking Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Can he escape him at all? <laughs> He's everywhere. We thought we'll, thought we'll handpick all these matches so that Ray's no one. <laughs> so that was basically debuting. It was the vignette um, for the debut of Rey Mysterio happening. That's right, because he came in not too long yeah, after exactly. and things was angry and stuff. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just done with the, the, the O2 stuff and the went to O3. Um, mm-hmm. If my watch through that I'm doing oh, just on my own for yeah, fun, yeah. Um, so that, I'm not, I, I wasn't too far away for this point as well. So going back and watching it, it was, it was still quite fresh in my mind anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, this was also overshadowed, um, this match, because a young John Cena... A debut of another certain uh, individual. Yeah, so Batista did show his ruthless aggression here, but it was slightly always be overshadowed with John Mm. Cena debuting earlier in the night against Cutter And Cena obviously Um, getting the rub against Undertaker, um, the the handshake and all that backstage. Yeah, so this was a good episode of SmackDown all in all, to be honest with you. I have took some other notes from the SmackDown... um, Hulk Hogan shitty uh, dubbed Voodoo Child remix on the network. Aww. Just put in the original song. Fuck me. Um, I've also noted um, the seventy-five minute episode of SmackDown. There's at least five segments where the women are just taking their gear off. They're just ripping their clothes off. A sign of the times, indeed, man. <sighs> like, fucking hell. Yeah. Um, With um, just after watching back the O2, there obviously this is Hogan and is this Hogan and Taker at this, this point? This is uh, yes, Hogan. Were they feuding? Yes. The on Raw. Um, I don't know if you ever remember this, but um, Taker had taken his motorbike out, mm-hmm. and then Hogan tried to chase him with the motorbike. Oh, okay. So he went up on the ramp, and he was revving it too much, and he stalled it. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. So he had to. So he, he tried to. He, he couldn't get it to go again, mm-hmm. and then he got up and then chased him, and then he came back and he started the bike up again, <laughs> and drove it off. So then in the re- in the repeat vignette, like they they, they cut it down, <laughs> so it was him just driving up the ramp. Yeah, it was fucking. Just, one of those ones I watched it. I was like, no, he just stalled that or something, and they kept it on. It's still on the TV yeah. in the network. I wish I could remember the week. But um, so just because just you were mentioning Hogan in there, I just thought I'd mention that because it was in my mind. Um, so um, after this, Dave Batista would head off to Raw. Um, he would break up with, with Devon after some arguing and stuff like that. Um, Devon would go back to being in the Dudleys, like I said. Um, so that left Batista up a creek without a paddle. So he went over to Raw in November um, with Ric Flair managing the big man, um, stating that he hadn't seen anybody like him come along in a long time. Um, his first feud was Kane, naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he would have a match at Armageddon in December of '02, which we have also... Um, Watched because it's it's his first first, first singles match on pay per view. Yeah, yeah. So um... can we just talk about the intro package to Armageddon? See the uh, it's uh, the ones with the with classy Freddie Blassie 
in the amazing oh. theme song of the end. It's yeah. it's probably was my favourite pay per view uh, of the year back back in the day, and it's a shame that yeah. it just it's that so intro good. package and that that theme song is just. I'm getting, fantastic. I'm genuinely getting goosebumps thinking about it right now. Ah, uh, really, really amazing. good, really well done. Uh, that's probably a David Zahadi um, special because mm. he he was a guy doing a lot that's of those right. um, for the WWE. So this is Armageddon 2002. Um, obviously, the set for this this place as well as well is this this show is fantastic, mm. um, unique to any other. Um, I, I do miss that with wrestling. Um, nowadays, you know, do you have a crowd? Um, yeah, generic st- um, stages with no crowd. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Batista's old theme song, outstanding. Um, his singles one, oh, brilliant. Because yeah. it's before they bring in the I, I Walk Alone. Alone. Yeah. Um, He's brilliant. He's going to see in a bit by this point. Uh, red leather attire and a little flavour saver under his bottom lip there. Um, <laughs> which is just vintage Batista. Um, I like anybody with Ric Flair as an immediate rub. Absolutely, um, 100%. Yeah. So, you know, you know, fair play. Um, it's, a, it's a good way to get a big guy over like that. We get the big old big man contest. Uh, oh, it's the big old shoulder marks. It is. Uh, <laughs> so this is, I love this one. I'm actually the big two fucking horse lads kicking the shit at each other, man. Yeah. It's just brilliant. Um, I did notice as well. Kane um, has to, at one point, he needs to prompt the crowd for reaction after he clears house. So he gets Dave over the top rope and then he turns to the crowd and fires his arms up in the air and the crowd doesn't react. <laughs> a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> it's always that one if you're gonna do that make sure you're fucking over like. yeah, exactly, exactly. and to be fair like, this is a time where Kane was over but I just this match wasn't over interested. though I think that's the problem yeah mm-hmm. the crowd just weren't interested yeah. in seeing this um, Batista wins out the, the early strength battle um, knocking the big man down um, he knocks um, he sort of drops him on the top rope and Kane sort of tumbles over mm-hmm. and then just rolls straight back in I wasn't sure if that was meant to happen and he maybe just dropped him too high Um but as he comes back in, he gets hit with a spear and a suplex from the big man for a two count. Flair tries to get involved on the outside by pulling Kane to the ring post, but instead he just flops because he can't move Kane. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, he also he just sort of tries to pull him and just flick a fish yeah. down he goes. There's a, there's a nice spot as well for um, Dave. I think it's after the spear. So Dave hits the spear, but it's like it's not his finish yet. Um, he hasn't mastered the spear yet. Um, no, he gets a two count, but Flair, after the ref stops it too, he's like, get on top of your game, will you? Brilliant. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> but, uh, I was just watching Flair now, so um, oh, <laughs> he's antiques. He's the best. Yeah, yeah. He is the best. Um, so I, I, I really, really enjoyed that. Batista saves Flair from, from the choke. <laughs> and it's, it's that thing as well, you know when Kane grabs him with the throat and the way he shakes his head, it's just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Just everything about him is so, um, so what I'm looking for. Cartoony, if yeah, you like, yeah. animated. Mm-hmm, that's the one mm-hmm, you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, brilliant. Uh, Kane hits his big diving clothesline, but the flare distracts the referee, so we don't get a pinfall. Kane then goes for the choke slam, but Dave fight out, fights out and hits a big spine buster. Oh, spine um, buster that. Uh, Gr actually calls it a side slam. Yeah, but I know I had to watch it again. Yeah. I thought I'll just put a right spine buster. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, once he got a, the hang of that, he was one of the best at it because he would always like pop up from it. Yeah. You know, every time he would take it to one knee, and just straight back up. Yeah. Um, not quite yet. Uh, Kane then hits him with a choke slam and Flair stops the referee counting again. So Kane then pulls him in, beats him up a wee bit, and then that allows Batista to recover. Um, and he gets the Batista bomb for the three count. Um, there was a spot earlier in the match where he goes for the Batista bomb and doesn't quite get Kane up. Yeah, um, yeah. Scary off, looking. Ah, uh, good looking spot. He puts him back down. Doesn't he? Doesn't it hurt him? Luckily, yeah. Um, he, just, he just about avoids uh, dropping him on his neck. Yeah. Just about. I thought it was. I thought it was a weird spot um, because. Like there's a lot of match left, mm-hmm. 
So I, I, I think I already said to you as well, I think maybe he went too early for it and he wasn't supposed to do it and they just sort of abandoned it midway through. Um, just found it really, really strange. But what do you make of the match? It wasn't bad. It was a bit of a, bit of a clumsy match-up. Um, as I said, I do like the, the, the two big guys match. This just wasn't one of them. wasn't a good one. Uh, the best part of the match was watching Flair's antics, which is understandable. Um, yeah. A nice, healthy-looking Ric Flair on the outside is going to be animated and... Uh, the focal point of the match. He just yeah. steals focus. Everything. Definitely. Um, yeah, I thought it was okay. Um, but he's got a long way to go to being the animal that we know now nowadays. Um, so in, in January 2003, um, the world champion Triple H formed Evolution, um, a villainous stable with the game, Nature Boy, Ric Flair, Randy Orton, and of course, Batista himself. Um, however, this did seem cursed from the start. Um story consists of Batista and Randy Orton taking on the Dudleys in a tag match at a live event. Um, Randy Orton injured his ankle after Bubba fell on him from like a flapjack um, and Batista tore his, his tricep um, which he said Bubba came running at him and that forced him to do it. Um, I think Bubba has said that actually Batista mushed Bubba, if that's what he called it, you know, like pushes him in the face mm-hmm. and tore his tricep. So the stories are sort of different but different, but um, and if, and if you want to see more about that you can see the Ruthless Aggression documentary um, on WWE Network, mm-hmm. um, where they have a whole episode in Evolution and they talk about this and Bubba's there and he's telling his, his side of the story as well. Um, but I've written here, you know, I think that jealousy's played a foot here. Okay. Um, and, you know, Patisa says that Bubba's always addicted to him. It was always addicted to him back then as well. Um, do you think a lot of people in the locker room would have been jealous of this oh, monumental push straight yeah. off the bat? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're pretty much just a year out of, de- you're two years out of developmental and you're getting paired with the world champion, the 16-time world champion, so... Yeah. Um, definitely a lot of people out there to um, yeah, lay in, lay, lay them punches in. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, that, that's just it. Um, so Batista would be out for basically the majority of this year. Um, he would retail the tricep coming training too early to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was he wasn't back until October um, of two thousand and three, taking out Goldberg. Um, during that um, feud with Triple H, um, and he he reached a hundred thousand dollar reward. Of course, that's Keefe. Imagine yeah. imagine getting that Triple H right in his pocket, um, <laughs> and he took his place back in the stable. Um, obviously, there was also the story of him possibly being replaced um, in Mark Jindrak. Um, he was the, the yeah he was the next choice, um, which would just have been strange, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, but. So we, we, we had a, a good one with Evolution after this, um, so we never really got started for a while, but we did eventually get there, um, and I still form with them to this day. Um, they would win, in December, him and Ric Flair would win the tag titles in a tag team turmoil match. Um, and for a wee fun 2003 throwback, the other teams were La Resistance, nice. <laughs> Rene Dupree and Rob Conway, um, Rosie and the Hurricane. <laughs> yeah, well, he's. Uh, I think he comes in later, does he know? Or was he one... Oh, he was the original. Ah, uh, so he was. Mm. Christ, it up too much. Uh, <laughs> Rosie and the Hurricane, nice. favourite superheroes. Nice. Um, Val Venus and Lance Storm. Mark Jindrak and Lance Cade. And Test and Scott Steiner. Um, so a stellar tag team division there to run through. Yeah. <laughs> How many thrown together teams were that? Uh, um, all. <laughs> they finally beat the Dudley Boys. Um... This was the same night that Randy Orton would win the Intercontinental title from Rob Van Dam, and Triple H would win back the World Heavyweight Championship from Goldberg, um, meaning all, th- all, f- all four men stood tall, and Evolution had all the gold. Perfect. Um, and it's what should happen with every stable at one point. Yeah, definitely, especially a big dirty heel stable like that. <laughs> um, 
Uh, at WrestleMania 20, Batista would be in a showcase match, uh, Madison Square Garden, where him, Alton, and Ric Flair would take on the Rock and Sock Connection. Do you remember that match? Aye, uh, it, it, it was good. Wasn't it? It's all right. It's all right. One of the most over matches on the card. Um, Batista would then play a lot of henchman roles for Evolution for the next few months, um, basically be background in the Triple H storylines wherever he needed, was needed. Um, before Randy Orton would eventually get his main event push and become the world champion, and Evolution would of course turn on Randy. Um, which, as, as I fondly remembered, feud as well. Uh, obviously, Batista would play a back, back part in that as well. But obviously, one of the key points in that was the old thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when when Batista had Orton up on his shoulders, um, and then sort of electric chair dropped him after the thumbs went down. Which we'll play an his story a wee bit later on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So from November 2004, Triple H and Batista's relationship began to deteriorate on screen. Um, they would have quite a few disagreements and arguments on Raw, etc. Obviously, Batista was realising that he was actually a, a real talent now and not just one of the, la- one of the lackeys for Triple H. Um, and he was showing babyface tendencies. Say that one to your doctor, see what he says. Um, <laughs> so before the Royal Rumble match of 2005, Triple H was realising that Batista was a possible threat and he tried to convince him not to enter the matchup um, and he should help Batista... Uh, Triple H retain his title instead. Batista said, fuck it, he entered the Rumble anyway, um, and we're going to win the thing. Not without controversy, of course, both Batista and John Cena would tumble over the top rope at the same time in an unbelievable accident. Um, Vince McMahon, of course, furiously would come down, um, enter the ring, tear both quadriceps, and sit there like a petulant child parting part his orders, um, which is one of the, the best moments in World Rumble history. Uh, how fondly do you remember that one, Because I remember watching it live. And yeah, like, wow, like, like, what has just happened there? And why is Vince sitting down in the corner? Yeah. <laughs> I think because it was, you know, um, I think it was Hart and uh, Bret Hart and Luger that did that. Um, sort of similar thing where yeah, yeah, the draw, yeah, the tumble yeah. over the top. But obviously, this was 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 not meant at all, and it was it was just so well done. It's like, mm-hmm. nah, they must have meant that, you know, because they they, they hit it exactly at the same yeah, time, exactly. Um, which is just <laughs> bizarre. Um, so a post dress post Royal Rumble, we get a really good um, storyline. Um, where Batista's choosing either Raw or SmackDown, so either Triple H or JBL. Um, Triple H gets a limousine to attempt to run over Batista, and he gets the horns on it with the JBL sign on the side and stuff um, in order to try and get Batista to go to Smackdown and face JBL however Batista overhears him talking about the plan to Ric Flair um, which then eventually turns Batista as the natural baby face um, against Triple H with a good old thumbs down beats both him and Flair up and he will challenge Triple H at WrestleMania 21 for the World Heavyweight Championship one of the best spots uh, I ever remember from Raw is Batista powerbombing Triple H through the table how, how well done was this story? Because yeah, I said I... in November of two thousand and four mm. is when the disagreement started. So you just sort of you know slow like, build, uh, nice yeah, slow build, yeah, yeah, drips and drabs. Um, then you get the Triple H turning into coward heel mode, trying to get Dave to go for the other world title. Ah, this is perfect feud. Mm. The following matchup <laughs> does not reflect <laughs> it. <laughs> the play- so, payoff does uh, not. Um, no, so of course we've watched this for our, our, our listeners' listening pleasure. Um, the main event of WrestleMania, um, just what three years after debuting, um, not bad going for the big man. Um, to be fair to him, mm-hmm. this is, oh, I, should, I should point out this is a real main event, not like Vince McMahon's main event. So you go in the middle of the card. This was on last. <laughs> uh, I'm just like it's <laughs> in his motorhead. Oh, oh yes, this is the performance. Like, I don't play the game. <laughs> oh, <my> game. Yeah. 
the infamously poor rendition of the game by Motorhead. Uh, yeah. I fucking love Lemmy and Motorhead, but um, fuck me, learn the words to your own song, son. I bet uh, that cost him hundreds of thousands of pounds just like for the appearance uh, stage in this rendition. Uh, Triple H, he's fucking loving it, man. He's um, oh, he was marking he, out. He's forgot he's a face here. He uh, he's forgot he's a heel. He's getting right into face mode. He starts pacing in the stage, thinking that he's in the band, getting all pumped up with the <laughs> Spit, spitting his water, fucking flexing. Fuck off! Man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, why is the heel champion getting uh, that sort of fanfare? This is usually saved for the face. These kind of big musical entrances, you know what I mean? Like yeah. um, uh, Undertaker's uh, Limp Biscuit entrance. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's usually safe for the faces, but it's caused it's Triple H, obviously. Fucking mad. Yeah, I was, it was quite surprising um, because did, did that not happen with Jericho as well um, at WrestleMania 18? You know, got played out by like Saliva or something. Oh, is that right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that. I think he was working here at that time. I could be wrong. Oh, um, might be right, might be right. But that's, as soon as I saw Motorhead on stage, I started typed, and we bear witness to Motorhead playing out Triple H in horrendous fashion. <laughs> Speaking of horrendous fashion, do you like Triple H's handlebar tash? It's, it's so bad. <laughs> it's, Oh man, it's really, really poor. Um, and yeah. I feel that's going to be one of the theme the next few episodes that we do as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought Batista's had changed his song uh, to a walk alone before this match, but it must be coming very, very soon. Uh, it must be soon after. It's not yeah. something I looked up, but it must have been yeah. probably uh, when he goes to SmackDown. He does, um, his, um, he does his pyro move without the pyro. The pyro. Yeah. Look, shit, fuck's sake. It's Mania. Like, Main event. Also, Last guy out. You know. Champion out first. Fuck off. Yeah, I don't know if that was maybe because of the band, I don't know, mm. but how that, how that was playing, that's part of it, but uh, no, it's weird. Um, but he still looked a bit nervous here, he do you think? terrified. Yeah, he looked a bit amped in as well as he was like, fuck, deer caught in the headlights, um, walking, down, walking down the ramp. Um, we get a good old stare down, um, can't help but notice the size of Triple H's nose, um, which is just something, mm. every time you see that, because I've been watching the Scott Steiner stuff recently, yeah, <laughs> with him, yeah. and they go nose to nose, and I'm like, fucking hell, that is a beak and a half. <laughs> the start of this match, man, fucking crowd killer, it's like, a proper yeah. staple of Triple H matches. It's like Colour and Elbow tie up for a few minutes. It's um it's not even like a good, you know, I'm stronger than you spot. It's just it's boring as fuck. They just call an elbow tie up, push away, back in another tie up, push away. Yeah. Okay. It's not like when Hogan did it. No. Somebody and the guy would just sell like fuck yeah. and he's like posing and the crowd are getting behind it. It's just like a sloppy version of that. Crowd are crowd are dead, man, and and, yeah. and no wonder it's five minutes. I was running about five minutes into the main event and fuck all has happened yet. Like, yeah. absolutely nothing has happened. Batista hits a sort of military press slam, kind of. Um, he doesn't get Triple H up too high and just sort of drops him. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get the old Harley race and he takes, Triple, he takes Batista to the outside and, and, and Flair gets involved, um, who's always going to be the highlight of a Triple H match in this generation. This era is brilliant. Um, as uh, Batista comes back in the ring, Triple H hits the elbow from Brett's rope which I don't ever see him, remember seeing him do yeah. um, like sort of through the rope it's nice um, takes total control of the match Flair to him doing what he does best every time he can just assisting the game mm-hmm. <laughs> choking him and choking Batista um, <laughs> over the ropes and stuff like that it's just the way Flair does it it's yeah. just only Flair can, can do it that way you know um, the game. so uh, the story really is Batista trying to overcome the two on one advantage yeah. um, the dirtiest player in the game and, and Triple H just Beat the shit out of him as he can. Um, Triple H is a big spine buster, but he can't get a hat. He can't get a, 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 um, a pot for that. It's one of my favourite moves. Like the uh, he's he's good at a spine buster. Triple H, I give him that. Yeah. Um, 
Batista reverses a pedigree with a big back drop, body drop, which I think happens in every Triple H match. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he eats a face bust of his trouble. He just can't quite get away from it. Um, he goes up for a uh, Triple H, sorry, that is, goes up for the, the Ric Flair special, the top rope nothing. The top rope nothing. Uh, and he's a, clo- <laughs> a line from the animal, followed by a sidewalk slam. Um, but again, a big boot um, in the corner. Um to Batista and then Triple H gets lobbed up and over the ring post um, which is a spot I've noticed he does quite a lot but like, I never noticed it until we started reviewing Triple H matches and I was like Chris he does it all the time yeah. Um, yeah. the up and over it's but, he, uh, he, he wants to be Ric Flair <laughs> he'll never be Ric Flair <laughs> he's inspiring him top rope nothing mm-hmm. over the top he's not done Ric Flair flop yet right enough but we'll, nah, time, time will tell <laughs> um, so we get a Triple H tries to pedigree Batista onto the steps, um, but he then gets catapulted into the ring post somewhat. It was awkward. Um, and, he, and he blades. Um, you spot the kicker, isn't it? Deeply. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Batista now has some fun with the game. He starts beating him down. The crowd are starting to get behind Batista now. Um, it, took a, it took a while. And it's not like it was an overly long mania. You know, these were still doing the times of three and four hour shows. Yeah. So it wasn't like nowadays, you know, when you get seven hour manias, you can understand why the crowd are knackered. <laughs> um, Kyoda risks himself and <laughs> takes a chair from Triple H. Oh, it was amazing. He then oh. he just takes this ridiculous bump after that. I don't understand. What I know. <laughs> so on, on the outside, Triple H picks up the chair and he sort of swings it back and Kyoda just dives off the apron. Like, <laughs> you know, like you sort of guns either side shooting, you know, action movie style. Takes a bump to the outside. Um, Batista hits a Celtic cross style slam on the inside um, and he goes thumbs go up thumbs go down and he hits a Batista bomb um, for the three count I should point out the referee missed a low blow while he was selling his sickening and jump off the apron um, <laughs> so that, that sort of was you thought our triple H was going to get this here uh, but no the animal overcomes it 21 minutes 34 seconds um, about 10 minutes of that not an awful lot happened um, yeah I relatively enjoyed it but it took a while to get it going Um and a solid enough main event for the era that it was in, I thought. Uh, this, um, this match is famed for being one of the poorest main events in WrestleMania. Uh, and you can see why. It's a, it's a pretty dull match to start off with. It's, it's far too slow. Uh, there's nothing they've done to pop the crowd <clears throat> until Flair get involved. Um, you can definitely see why it's famed for being one of the worst. Um, Batista might have won the match, uh, but Triple H made it all about himself. The yeah. overselling of the spaghetti legs. Did you notice that for the last five minutes, he was continually on spaghetti legs, just wobbling about the place. Like I'm sure these adrenaline would have kicked in uh, by now, kind of thing. Um, yeah. It took Batista, I think, just shy of the 20 minute mark to acknowledge the crowd when he done the thumbs down thing. He's meant to be coming up as yeah, the, baby number, face. the number two babyface behind Cena. And it takes them twenty minutes to acknowledge the crowd. Um, uh, again, it was all about Triple H. I mean, and it's no wonder this cunt's never had a good WrestleMania match. He's, he's... Uh, that, that, that was a good. That was good analysis there. Of the lack of thing in the crowd because I've written that as well. Um, I'm not, that's not me putting myself over, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the cunt say, now? I didn't say by that. Say by that, you know. Um, but um, it, it was one of those ones where I, I was watching. And I'm thinking, Christ, you know, get the crowd behind you. That's mm-hmm. That's your role. Um, so he, he's still relatively learning here. Um, and, you know, as I said, he does, he does get there. But in terms of your WrestleMania main event, um, you need everything to line up properly. And it, it was poor. And it's a shame because I thought it was one of the best storylines in, in recent it's years probably, at that time. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the build-up was great. Did, it did more pay-per-view buys than any non-boxing event in history at that time as well. I think 1.09 million. Um, so there was nothing wrong with the build. Um, and, yep. you know, it was a blockbuster success in that regard. But, 
the match just, the match just didn't, shit. Yep. didn't turn up. Um, their feud wouldn't end here. They would continue through the next couple of months, um, including a brutal Hell in a Cell match at Vengeance, which I remember fondly. Um, in June, Batista would be drafted to SmackDown, um, where he would feud with JBL, Eddie Guerrero, um, before he would tear a muscle in his back in November of 2005. Um, he continued to work for a while, um, led Team SmackDown against Team Raw at Survivor Series, so a multi-man match, um, and he would team with Rey Mysterio post-Survivor Series, and he would win the tag titles in order of the in, in honour sorry, of the late Eddie Guerrero, which I'm sure that was a storyline you really, really enjoyed. <clears throat> um, in fairness, uh, Batista made it work. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, they've still had the world title at that time, so that made him a double champion, um, which, is, which is why I've noted that. Uh, they dropped the belts back to Eminem um, with the help of Mark Henry, and then Dave and Henry went to feud. Um, Batista tore his tricep once again. Um, <clears throat> I think this was at House Show and had to vacate the title, um, which I remember watching that actually on SmackDown, vacating the, the title to Teddy. Um, he has said in his book that Mark Henry was careless with him, um, in that match that injured them. Um, so Batista, a bit of a moaner. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't um, take responsibility for the side effects of using, um, you know, substances and such, which, no. which wouldn't be named here. No, <laughs> we'll name them later. Um, <laughs> he would have a successful surgery and, and would be back in July um, of 2006. Um sort of picking up where he left off in a few with Mark Henry but he would then get injured Henry that is um, and he'd be sidelined so that feud just never happened thank fuck uh, <laughs> <laughs> David set his sights on King Booker's World Heavyweight title and um, the championship that he never lost which is obviously a storyline I enjoy when somebody yep. comes back to, yep. re- to get what they, what they never lost um, yep. he would beat him in Survivor Series um, in a solid matchup um at SummerSlam and a photo shoot both men were said to get into a legitimate fight um, which I couldn't leave out um over many things, but it's widely believed it's about Batista's arrogance at the time. Um, <clears throat> you know, how quickly he climbed up the ladder and stuff like that. Yeah. And Booker T wasn't having any of it. Um, it's widely believed that Booker T won the fight. Um, I think Finlay <laughs> said that when they did get pulled apart, Batista was looking better than Booker T was. But Booker T said he's never lost a fight since he was 13. And, and I believe him. <laughs> he's a hard bastard. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, both men are good these days. You know, it was more of an ego-driven scrap, scrap more than anything else back then. You know, I think there's a lot of that involved in wrestling. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of testosterone and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's flying about the locker room <laughs> makes yeah. an unsafe working environment. Oh, yes. Um, so, he would have a short feud with Mr. Kennedy after that um, in January 07 before he entered a feud with the Royal Rumble winner, none other than The Undertaker. Um, this is a feud that I remember quite fondly. Um, two of the biggest stars at the time, obviously, SmackDown was the quote-unquote B-show. Um, but for me, this was the most enjoyable food at the time. And I think back then as well, SmackDown was always on a Thursday or a Friday, mm-hmm. which meant I got to stay up and watch it. <laughs> uh, SmackDown was the best show at this point. Yeah, so it was, it was just fantastic. I really, really enjoyed watching it at the time as well. Um, so he, they would have the match at WrestleMania 23 where the animal would drop the title to... to um, um, Undertaker um, and they were continuing their food having a Hell in a Cell match at Backlash and a cage match on Smackdown in which Edge would cash in his briefcase and take the title from Undertaker um, Batista would challenge for it on three occasions against Edge and fail each time and as per the stipulation attached to the third match he couldn't wrestle for the title again while Edge had it um, which is something else I really really enjoy as well because it stops you getting the same match over and over again yeah, exactly. if only they do that nowadays um, that would be good wouldn't it so in August of 2007, ESPN incorrectly included Dave's name in a list of names that were purchasing illegal anabolic steroids. Um, 
Dave was fuming at the allegation and WWE suspended 10 individuals at the time and he was not one of them. Um, I don't recall an awful lot about this, but obviously on last week's episode when we were talking about Mr Kennedy and stuff like yeah. that, um, so we sort of mentioned that list as well. Um, it was the signature pharmacy scandal. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so part of that, but obviously ESPN had put his name in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised he never sued them, to be honest with you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, the way Americans do things anyway, they sue you for anything. Quite rightly so. I mean, that is bad allegation. Definitely. Um, Someone in that line of work. Definitely, definitely slander. Um, oh, 100%. So, Edge would be injured soon after and have to surrender the title where Cali would win it. Um, In a battle royal, I don't ever recall correctly. Yes, on SmackDown, yeah. Um, Batista would feud with him before winning the belt Unforgiven that year. Cali would challenge Dave in the infamous Punjabi prison match. Um, <laughs> which I'm, I'm gutted. I'm gutted. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Uh, if I'd remember that, we'd have been watching that. <laughs> oh, thank fuck. <laughs> um, Batista retained the title um, and Undertaker would return and they would reunite their feud. Um, Batista would retain the title at Cyber Sunday leading to our next reviewed match. Batista versus Undertaker, Survivor Series 2007, Hell in a Cell. (laughs) So, I was excited to watch this one. Um, Mm. Good old Hell in a Cell match. Mm -hmm. Um, First and foremost, as soon as I seen the cell and the, the way it was set up, the metal bar across the middle Horrible for the hard cam. Yes. Like, you see the hard cam and you're, you can't see anything in the ring because it's too wide. You know, you can't see past it. But obviously, after it doesn't, they don't use it during the match, thankfully. But it was just put something that I wrote down straight away because I was like, Christ, mm-hmm. how many watch this? Mm-hmm. Um, JBL and Maggle on commentary. Uh, I was delighted. Uh, this is before JBL turned into like an absolute total bull and a cunt. Yeah. Um, Oh, you say that, but you yeah, always well, watch <laughs> um, On commentary, you mean. Um, definitely. I'm just going to take a quick 10-minute piss break while I watch Undertaker's entrance. Cool. Uh, no, you bother. Uh, and, uh, of course, champion out first, because, of course, Undertaker needs his entrance to be special, because he's a cunt. Yes. I wrote down long-ass Taker entrance, as expected. Um, skipped to Taker slamming the, sh- the door shut. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I've always liked. I've always liked that wee spot, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. so you're in here with me now. Um, so we get a few minutes of a standard wrestling match, uh, some vintage Undertaker, Snake Eyes, Big Boot, etc., etc. Um, he retrieves a steel chair, pretty sharpish, um, mm-hmm. Batista hits a spear before any damage can be dealt. Yeah, apparently Batista's bleeding from the throat for some reason. Um, I, I, didn't, I must have missed the spot. He's just, he's just, he's just bleeding from the mouth. Um, yeah, he gets um, so he, he sort of traps the chair and smashes his thing off the steel no, steps that, and the cell is that. But I, I think, I don't know if it was before or after, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> Maybe bite the blood, blood capsule too soon. Um, yeah. We get the good old Robin Batista's face on the cell like a cheese grater, Michael. Yeah. Um, yep. 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 It's one of the only good spots of using the cell. Yeah. See, right. So these the modern cages with the wire fencing, right, mm. and then the old solid metal cages. Which is better? Mm, I like the chicken wire fence, uh, cages. Yeah, because it yeah. looks better, but it definitely hurts less. Than the blue metal. Yeah, like if you threw if you threw me against a construction fence, I think I'd be all right. Yeah. You know, if you threw if you threw me heat first into a, a metal bar yeah. cage, I think I might I might need some assistance. You know, I, I think right. they're they're both good for different types of spots in the match. So, for example, the one with the chicken wires obviously get the the steel beams around the top, so you can actually stand on top of the cage comfortably, set yourself up for a big time move off the top of it, or you can have a kind of a back and forth duel on top of it. Yeah. Uh, whereas the blue steel cage. And I will always remember this spot. I believe it was Edge and Christian a tag match. Um, and the finish was Christian getting pulled by his legs. He, so he's about to climb down the outside. 
and, so, and uh, whoever he's, I can't remember who he was facing at the time, pulls his leg through the cage. Mm. So he's trapped. And that then gives the opposition the chance to jump over the top and win the match. That's a great, that's a good spot. Yeah. Obviously, the visual of a wrestler just stuck um, dangling from the cage, I think, is really, really good. So it's, it's circumstantial. Um, by aesthetic reasons, I prefer the steel cage, the the sort of the chicken kind of wire cage. Yeah, fair uh, enough. No, it's just one of those ones, one of those wee arguments in wrestling that you get sometimes. You, think, yeah. well, you know, the other ones definitely hurt more, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, there was a funny part. So, um, Undertaker goes up for old school, um, and Batista catches him and hits a big spine buster, which is a really nice spot. Um, and GBL says, "You can't coach power." Ah, oh, you can. <laughs> so, if I may, this is exactly what I wrote. I wrote to myself. It was GBL was saying before. Was, oh, he's quite insightful here. He's like, he's giving him, he's giving good points. Uh, but Michael Cole keeps cutting them off. But GBL will then kind of go back and finish his points. So, like, Cole will call a move and cut GBL off, but GBL will go back and finish his story. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that's that's. Pretty good. Like I quite like that. Um, and then obviously that spot happens. I was like, oh fuck you, GBL for making that point. Uh, you can't coach power, Magal. Mm-hmm. And surely the only way you can teach strength is by coaching and training. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, it's it. one of the most common. Like it's such a fucking simple line to get mm-hmm. wrong. I don't know how it fucked up. Um, <laughs> Taker locks in the, the triangle choke on Batista, um, who gets to the rope, but the referee breaks the hold. Um, the commentators berate the referee. Oh, for they the, don't let my baby at all. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Quite right. I should point out, um, I think they're, they're both busted open by this point. Yeah. Um, Batista is with a chair and um, Taker off the cell, I believe. Yes. Um, Taker tries his um, kind of his dive over the top rope, which is horrible in that wee tight space. Mm, it's just it's not good. It just ain't, ain't gonna work, pal. Yeah, <laughs> um, we also get a so Batista goes up for the, the ten punches, which he never does, which means it's only last ride time. But it saves yeah. Undertaker picking him up from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just sort of left him where he's already elevated, um, and the animal finds a way to kick out for that one. Yeah. Also, reverses a tombstone and a spine buster and gets another two count. Mm-hmm. Um, Batista then goes on the hunt and brings a table into the match. Yeah, so did you notice? This was a very, very slight point that I noticed. As Dave goes and gets a table, you can see the title belt is still lying at the front door of the cage. I just thought that was pretty strange. It usually goes around to the thing people. I, like, oh. uh, I was expecting laziness. interference involving the belt. Yeah, uh, that's fucking laziness, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, I, but, so you're, in, you're inside a, a cage. Um, but there's no escape, mm-hmm. and you bring a table. Now, for you and I, a table is going to hurt. You know, landing on a table ain't mm-hmm. very comfortable. A, a hardwood table, but I don't see what this table can do that nothing around them can't. Uh, if anything, the steel will do more damage than wood. Yeah, I, I would think so. So, sorry, I just, I just found that bizarre when they yeah. put a table in. I thought, but obviously, I know it's a cow popping moment and stuff like that. But yeah, of course. Psychology wise. <laughs> um, he uh, picks up Taker and power bombs him through the table. Aye, knife he, style. He just, he just about gets him up and no more. Aye, I, I'm going to give I'm going to give him a wee bit of credit there because it, it cannot be easy to pick somebody that big up. Yeah, um, that's true. He's awkward, you know. So he sort of picks him up and sort of pushes him over to the side and power bombs him. Yeah. Um, fair enough. Um, Another wrongly called rope break in a no DQ match. Uh, so Taker replies with tombstone for a two count. Um, yeah, and then obviously. Dave reaches to the ropes, and it uh, shouldn't be a, a rope break. Cause it's nah, game and the commentators have been told to shut up at this point. Oh, they don't mention this one, do they? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, So Undertaker, um, he hits the tombstone, Batista kicks out, and, and this time, um, tombstones Batista on the steel steps. Mm-hmm. And as the referee counts the, the fall, Edge pulls him out of the ring. Um, he was dressed as a cameraman at ringside. Yep. 
very very cool. Um, I'm not sure if he if he was there the whole time or if he came in for another ring. I don't know. Um, not that I could see anything no. online about. Um, so he 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 strikes Taker with a camera and delivers a concerto on him um, between the chair and the steel steps. Drags Batista on top for the, the oh, uh, for the win, <laughs> uh, and Batista retains thanks to Edge. So I, I I thought it was a good match. Um, you know, some some nice spots. They, they used the cell well. Um, I thought it was a good pace for who was given and who was involved. Um, escalated well from start to finish. Um, and and the shock of Edge being in there and stuff like that held my attention. I quite enjoyed it actually. What about you? Yeah, I thought it was a not not a bad match at all uh, in terms of like an Undertaker hardcore style match. I'm not a fan. Um, of the yeah. kind of a lazy shortcut matches, uh, but not too bad at all. My um, thoughts were uh, Batista again. He's an afterthought, um, and he's a that was one thing I noted. Yeah, and he's afterthought. It seems to have a reoccurring theme so far, uh, which is a bit of shame. Uh, obviously, he's not in his peak yet, but he's getting there. Uh, a lot better in the ring than he was in the Triple H match. So good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, he's getting there. He's getting there. Uh, so <clears throat> in December at Armageddon, Edge beats both men in a triple threat match for the world title. So Batista drops it back, um, and he was sort of etched out the world title scene for a while. Um, I mean, he had a hell of a run in there, didn't he? So, mm-hmm. it's kind of fair enough. Um, in 2008, Batista would partake in the Rumble, coming up short, and would also fairly win No Way Out um, inside the Elimination Chamber. And as reviewed in a recent episode in our archives, he faced Umaga in an interpromotional match at WrestleMania 24. Um, so, a, a bit of a put-on-the-back-burner spell for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Post-WrestleMania, he would be... Sorry, what were we going to say there? I was saying, we ain't got nothing for you, champ. Could have got nothing no. for you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're having my get mania. Um, Post mania, he would feud with Shawn Michaels for a couple months, um, and then would be drafted in June to the Raw brand. And then a lengthy stay on the SmackDown roster was there for three years. So um, time for a change. T- change of scene. Um, <laughs> shake things up around. <laughs> <laughs> um, he would win his third tag title with John Cena. Um, so that's Ric Flair, John Cena, and Rey Mysterio. Um, he shot the tag belts with, which is just. I don't remember many of them. I remember the Flair one, but the other two. Mm, I remember the Cena one, yeah, but I'm surprised you were because it only lasted a week. <laughs> um, I think they dropped him back to uh, Debbie and Cody Rhodes. Obviously, mm-hmm. this was the legacy time. Yeah. Um, but he said, Cena would have a match at SummerSlam, um, just a match in which the animal would win. Cena suffered a neck injury and Batista a hamstring injury in the match. Um, <laughs> He's a bit angry, but he's a bit on Hargreaves, isn't he? I'm <laughs> <laughs> not kidding. Um, so Cena would take uh, a couple of months off um, to go for, I think he had neck surgery actually. Yeah. Um, Tisa would sort of walk through it for a wee while. Um, and they would win the title back in October, um, defeating Chris Jericho at Cyber Sunday. Um, he would drop it back in a cage match just eight days later. Um, He'd feared with Randy Orton and Legacy in mid-December, um, where he would be punted and put on the shelf by Orton so he could go and have um, surgery on his hamstring. Um, so he, he was actually scheduled to be for about six to eight months, um, but he came back sort of short, short time after that. I think it was post-WrestleMania 25 he came back. Um, as wrestlers often do, as, you know, just come back a few yeah, months early. As was <laughs> the style at the time. <laughs> um, he saved the McMahon family from Legacy and would team up with Shane and the game against Legacy at Backlash um, before he'd eventually beat Randy Orton in Extreme Rules to win a WWE title. So he's very much um, a magnet for the belt, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's always there or thereabouts, the the, the world title pitch. I'm quite right with so. He's, um, he's exactly what Vince is looking for in terms yep. of size and that kind of thing. 
So unfortunately, this wouldn't last very long because he would tear his bicep this time. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he it until September um, when he'd come back, attack Orton, um, who would take the credit on screen for injuring pardon me, um, Batista. Um, so he would move to SmackDown soon after that and feud with Jerry's show. Um, Fit a couple of times for the world title before eventually turning heel. Um, so this is the first time he'd been heel since Evolution. Um, sort of, sort of was like early to mid, uh, early, early 2005. Yeah. Um, and we're now in what, late 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, this was his turn on Mysterio. Yeah, so he turns on Mysterio and uttered the Eddie's deadline, um, which I will never forget. Mm. <laughs> um, so Batista would feud, would feel to win the world title against Undertaker before becoming involved with uh, sort of Vince McMahon Bret Hart feud of 2010. Um, he would win the WWE title from John Cena at Elimination Chamber under controversial circumstances. A review you can find in our archives on Elimination Chamber 2010. <laughs> like just yeah. subscribe. Yes, that's two. That's two. That's two plugs we've had this month. Um, Thanks, Dave. He dropped, <laughs> he dropped the title back to Cena at WrestleMania 26, and the two would meet in a last man standing match at Extreme Rules, in which Cena would retain after duct taping Batista so he couldn't stand up. Great finish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we duct tape could hold everything together, yeah, even absolutely. an animal. Um, and then we would then be given one last match, which we have reviewed once again. Um, and this is a match I never watched before, um, so it was it was a pleasant, pleasant surprise. Mm. John Cena versus Batista over the limit, two thousand and ten, in an I Quit match um, for the WWE so, title. For the WWE title. Um, so Batista, um, very much deep into his heel run now. Prime, um, prime he be heel Batista. Here we go. No pyro fanfare, posing on the ramp like an absolute boss. Yeah. The demanding the spotlight to be on him. I, I fucking loved it. Love Big this. Big pop for Cena here. He well. is crazy over. Um, yeah. The number of fans uh, in his t-shirts is unreal. Like every second person has got a Cena top. I would, I always remember this. And I think I said this to you when we were watching Mania. I always remember this um, kind of incarnation, if you will, of Cena getting booed out of buildings at the time. Um, it was literally just a handful of these smarky cunts who thought it was funny. Um, yeah. So this is the final match between these two. This is the blow-off and this is the perfect stipulation for a blow-off match, an I-quit match. You can make your opponent, your rival want to quit a match. This is how you blow off a feud. Definitely. Um, it's, it's one of the, the, the lost arts as well, I quit matches. We don't get an awful lot of them nowadays. Yep. Um, now I should point out, this is now PG era WWE. Um, things have changed a bit. There'll be no blading. No, <laughs> um, no. So you have to sort of limit what you can do yeah. in these matches. Um, Matt Stryker is on commentary in this one, mm-hmm. and I was delighted. Yes. Um, he was dropping facts left and right. Um, and <laughs> Michael Cole was not. Can I, um, can, I, can, I, can I do my wee thing on Michael Cole here? Ah, <laughs> um, go on. So... I've noted, obviously, it's good to see the obviously the match starts, um, and it's good to see that a blood feud doesn't start with a collar and elbow tie-up. You know, it's a hot start. They both go for each yeah. other. Michael Cole states that John Cena has never tapped out to anyone, and I'm ashamed of your poor fact-checking, Michael Cole. No mercy. 2003, tapped out to Kurt Angle. <laughs> a few months later, December 3rd, 2003, SmackDown, tapped out to Benoit. No Way Out, 2004, tapped out to Angle again. Fuck you, Michael Cole. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to just get away a good story, Michael Cole. <laughs> Every time Striker would say something, they fucking sandbagged them. Yeah, it's and a shame. Not just sandbagged them, but even just fucking clamped them right back. Yep. And I was just like, sometimes I was just like, what are yep. these dicks doing, so, man? It's because uh, Matt Striker used to like routinely uh, kind of uh, embarrass and poke holes and stuff that um, Jerry Lawler would say and Michael Cole would say. So he would like, 
he would find the faults in anything they say and bring it up on live TV. So this was kind of the punishment. Um, they say, we're just going to destroy your credibility, Matt Riker, fuck you. Shame, man. It's a shame. Absolute shame. Because yep. a lot of the time he was on the money. Um, yeah. Uh, there was one point Batista goes for a cover on autopilot. And yeah, I thought that was uh, funny. He does the old macho man at the rumble, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsie daisies. Uh, uh, he catches his cell. You know what, it's, 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 it's okay, but in terms of him obviously being the heel at the time, it makes him look a bit stupid. Yeah, it does. Um, Absolutely. And he was not allowed to look stupid, so it was one of those ones I was like, oh, Dave, what do you like? Um, <laughs> it could only happen to him. Um, yeah. Fans pop big for Cena running through his repertoire, the double shoulder. Uh, blocks the proto bomb, then in the five knuckle shuffle, they were fucking hot for Cena at this point. Oh, they loved him. Um, the commentators talk about how Dave has added a submission move to his repertoire. Yes. I was thinking to myself, Oh, I wonder where it could be. I don't remember this, I wonder where it is. He popped in the rings, I sat, I was like, Yes, come on. Yes. I'm like, oh, he's gone for that submission move, and I'm like, Oh, what's the seat? All the way, holy, oh, I'm like, Should I be marking out his favourite submission move in wrestling? Loved oh, it. Like, I'd forgot. I, I had no recollection of that because it must just have been this like, for this match, line. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I've, I had no recollection collection of that um <laughs> did you also like john cena getting some high quality h2o <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Um, absolutely brilliant. so he, uh, he but he's the passes out in the stf um, yeah so and get some water to wake him up <laughs> surely surely dave passing out is a ref stoppage what's your thoughts i'm right i know it's an equip match but yeah he's out cold nah, I, I'd, nah. I'd say in this in this, in this match the what the, the, the match can only be stopped once the opponent said utters a word high quality. Okay, okay um if you make that clear at the start Fair enough. Yeah. I'll put more power to you. Okay. Um, yeah, but I like Batista. Uh, sorry, Cena going and get the bottle of water and throw it in his face to wake him up. I thought that was gold. Yeah. Um, aye. So he's, he's like, um, he's like, oh, he, he refuses to quit here, you know? And and they just fucking, like, stickers like that, oh, Batista just refuses to quit despite the fact he's passed out, doesn't know where he is. And two of them just go, or maybe he's just catching his breath. And I'm like, fucking he's, shut Yeah, he's clearly out like, cold. Yeah. Honestly, like, it was like three or four times I was, I was, I was listening to it and I was like, I was like, okay, okay, right, they're sort of sandbagged that one, alright, they're really following that up. But that one, he just went, maybe he just catching his yeah. breath. I'm like, he's getting the guys over, yeah. he's getting the match over, and you just work it for your own gain? Yeah. Nah, man, not for me. Yeah. Um, there was a lot there was a lot in, in this match where I was just like, fuck this, like, you know, I was just like, oh, I've had enough of this. Um, uh, Dave has a fucking gorgeous spine buster, it's probably one of these better ones, he absolutely lands it. Um, yeah, it's the it's the it's the pop up after all yeah, gets me. Yeah. It's the sellers. It's a lot. Of, it's seen as sell. Uh, I got a lot can be said about Cena's reign at the top of the company, but he sells when he needs to. Uh, he sells like a trooper for people. Um, yeah. He sell the the spinebuster and the Batista bomb like no one else does like that. Just it arches back up and it looks like a. It almost looks as if he's had a stinger. Can I hang you? Know what I mean, he, oh, oh, right, yeah. I get it. it looks good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so we get a, a Batista, Batista power slam Cena through the Spanish announce table. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow busting Cena open. I'm not quite sure. I did. Exactly. I noted that it must have been the hard way somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, they were not allowed to bother this time, so there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that. I thought, nah, no yeah. chance. It must have been. I didn't like that. The obviously the doctor tries to patch him up, and Batista allows it. Bit poor yeah. from a heel, but it's they, they are times. very much on top of this at this point. Yeah. This was the stage where there were no blood, PG, no blood, um, at none at all. Wipe it straight away. Patch up. Mm. Um, it, it was it was it was strange um, that Batista stood there, but by the same token, because it's an I quit match, he's standing there and he's telling the referee to ask him. Yeah. So you yeah. can kind of let, let, let him away, but yeah, absolutely. Aye. Um, so aye, that, that that was one thing I did note for that because I thought 
you know, you can you can pick on that, but at the same token, if he's telling the referee to ask him, then you can kind of mm-hmm. like, give him a couple of minutes, you know. Um, walking brawl time. Yep. Um, Through the crowd, a uh, wee bit of back and forth, back and forth. They end up up in the kind of balcony area. Uh, Batista teases Batista bombing and Cena from the top it on at the, the kind of concrete below, and this fires up Cena. He can't believe that he would try and do that to him. Commentators get that over pretty well. Uh, Batista eventually uh, splats on top of the security guard. Um, not bad spot. I like yeah, that, yeah. It, was, it was good. I mean, it wasn't very high, but if, if it was yeah, on yes. concrete, you know, with the back. No, definitely. So, oh, definitely, <laughs> I mean, definitely. It was like I was getting that over as mm-hmm. Batista trying to do more than yeah. just injure him or just finish him. You know. Um, um, so we, back down, um, we head down to the ramp. Um, Batista gets a chair and, and beats up Cena and sort of lays him against the the set. Um, I should point out there are two cars on the stage um, because this is over the limit, so it was like based around. Basically going over Vehicles. the limit. It was just daft. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever made a return. I think maybe I had a couple of years of it and that was it. Yeah. Um, so he gets in one of the cars and tries to reverse into John Cena. Um, he misses. You don't really see that he misses, but he misses. Um, Cena sort of crawls over to the side. He smashes into the lights and stuff like that, which is a cool spot. Dave thinks he's finished them. So he, he sort of stays in the car a little mm-hmm. and just as it gets to it, Cena comes round the side um, and starts to batter him. And again, as you said, he's he fired up because he cannot believe Dave would try and finish him off like that, you know, because um, that's more than just a wrestling match now, isn't it? Yeah. That's like the Personal, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, but Cena gets him up on, on top of the car for the A. Um, so the A is him on the bonnet first. He refuses to quit, so Cena picks him up yeah, on top of the car. Batista starts shouting, I quit, because he doesn't want to get A'd off the car. <laughs> and Cena does it anyway. Yeah. A's him um, through the stage. Um Great vision. Awesome finish. So he, obviously he's already he's already quit, um, but he still just goes fuck you. He's done um, just a f- fantastic match um, during a time I didn't think there was too many fantastic matches, but this one really surprised me. <laughs> yep, uh, incredible match. Uh, I didn't I, I did not appreciate this at the time. Uh, on reflection, this is probably one of my top three matches of the last ten years. It was uh, it was brutal but not gory. Uh, uh-huh. It was a great story, an amazing blow-off, and the finish was sublime. Um, and I quit on the fear of an upcoming move. Never been done before. Uh, it's never been done since, to my recollection. Um, again, I don't usually dig matches that go through the crowd. I think it's lazy, but that was spot on what they done. Yeah, they went through it for a certain spot. Yeah. And they got away there as soon as it was done. Yeah. Um... By far the best Batista match we've watched for this or that I can actually remember like ever uh, good stuff all around loved it yeah I thoroughly enjoyed it um, as I say it was a pleasant surprise it was a match I don't really know an awful lot about um, and of course the following night it was, was just as good um, yep so Batista is in a wheelchair in the ring um, <laughs> saying that he's going to seek legal action against John Cena and WWE um, I think the GM at the time was William Regal and he tried to set Batista up in a match against Randy Orton um, and he said oh no and he quit Um so he had a legitimate injury at that time as well. I think it was a compression fracture in his spine. Um, but by the same token, Batista wasn't happy with the PG direction yeah, of the company yeah. um, and he wanted to go. So fair enough to him. Um, you know, He wasn't going to stay there and, and be a part of something he didn't believe in. Um, and you sort of have to respect that to a degree. He would briefly take part in MMA um, after leaving the RB. He was a purple belt in Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Um, an art study for quite a few few years, and he fought a guy called Vince Lucero, a journeyman with 40 fights to his name, and beat him in four minutes by TKO. Um, that, have you ever watched this fight? Uh, I've not seen his fight, but I've seen his like, training camps and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, not great. No. <laughs> no. I mean, the guy he was fighting with was a 
for the lad. Yeah, you know? um, guy you'd fight in so, the pub. Aye, um, but they decided they wanted to move into acting. Um, it had some small time roles in Smallville, um, mm-hmm. and of course that fantastic show Neighbours. Uh, uh, so he's reaped, he reaped some success in movies, and since then, um, played many roles, but of course more famously as Mr. Hinks in the James Bond movie Spectre. Um, plays a good role in that, and of course Drax the Destroyer in Guardians of the Galaxy, which is my personal favourite. Um, good actor. You know, yeah, pl- yeah. plenty of range. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mind taking the piss out himself. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put his hand to anything. And I think that's testament to him. Um, he would make his return to wrestling in January of 2014, enter himself into the Rumble, um, which would turn sour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, very, very quickly. Yeah. So um, obviously, he came back sort of as a baby face, but um, he was in, he was in the infamous Rumble that Daniel Bryan wasn't in. Um, the fans obviously wanted him in that spot to win the match. Um, they even got behind Roman Reigns at the end to beat Batista, but um, <laughs> after a big dog got thrown over the top rope, the crowd erupted with booze, and, and Batista was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so he basically every time he got in front of a live crowd after that, they booed the absolute shit out of him. Um, oh, he, played, he played up to it. Uh, yeah. I recall that I, the, the boon was just. Um, ongoing, persistent, uh, while Dave is obviously doing his celebrations at the top rope, and uh, obviously the camera catches him, just kind of a point that he's dick, like, suck it, kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, ah, yes. and at one point as well, where he just points at himself and he goes, deal with it, yeah. and I'm just like, you know, because obviously he was supposed to be the baby face, but he just adapted on the fly. Oh, definitely. Um, turned straight afterwards, and, and did the right thing in the end, um, putting over um, Daniel Bryan um, in the main event of WrestleMania 30, um, and tapping out to him, doing the J-O-B, um, mm-hmm. and of course the Yes Movement, Closing out the show there, etc. Um, so yeah, I think post that he would he would work. Um, Evolution would sort of be reformed briefly. Um, to work with the Shield um, at Payback and Extreme Rules, losing both times. Um, Triple H would of course reveal Plan B as Rollins ultimately and shockingly turned on the Shield. Um, and Batista would demand a title shot um, from Triple H at this point. He, he says that's what, that's what he's owed, um, and the game refused, so he quit again. Uh, <laughs> he, he legitimately did quit due to creative differences. Um, you know, he said he was quite happy to go back and put a few guys over like he did. Yep. Um, but it just didn't work out the way it was planned. And it, But no fault of his own. Um, it was just the way the crowd wanted to go at the time. Um, and he was putting up a, a pretty, pretty horrible predicament. Yeah. Um, what do you make of that one, if, if you remember much about it? Yeah, it was or... good. I remember watching... A, I remember being at a live event with yourself. And it was around about the time where it was, obviously, Triple H, Orton and Batista reforming against the Shield. And... Um, I was, I was like, oh, excellent. I've never seen Batista live before. And then, obviously, the, the match ended up being Orton and some random tag team versus the Shield. Obviously, Batista hadn't travelled because they weren't willing to let him have the full-time schedule that he wanted, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah, uh, He wanted to work the live events. He wanted to work every fucking, every week. I just don't get I don't, I don't get that. No, you know, like why? Why wouldn't you go? If a guy wants to work, for, you well, know, surely that's going to sell out your house shows. Batista yeah. coming back. Um, ah, that, that 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 was bizarre to me. Um, so we he does come back again in 2018 October. Um, as Evolution reunited on the SmackDown 1000 episode. Um, he teased that Triple H had done everything in WWE except beat me. Mm. Um, I remember watching that because I watched it the next morning and I was like, oh my god, that was a brilliant yeah. whopper line it's just so well done you know just to sort of you've done everything and he sort of, he sort of turns around looks away and goes said beat mm-hmm. me and triple and randy orton's like oh, <laughs> 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 oh that was really well done um so he returned again in february at uh, rick flair's birthday celebration on i think it was raw um where he beat up the nature boy backstage um and that sets the stage for triple h and batista at wrestlemania 35 um give me one so- <laughs> 
give me what I want. I think he fucked his lines up big time in that, didn't he? You can remember one of his lines and he just sort of kept going. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, remember that? I remember watching that bit as well when he came back on Raw and he's, he's dragging an old Ric Flair who hadn't long overcome some health issues yeah, um, right. backstage. And I'm thinking, that's Flair for you, man. He'll be working until he's... <laughs> he doesn't mind doing a bit an of work. Absolute uh, professional. Yes. Uh, so here we are, the final match. Um, four hours into the main show of WrestleMania 35. I remember what, Tri- we watched this live. Yes, you were scared. furious watching this match at four in the fucking morning. Um, how dare these two be so high up on the card? It's 2019. Um, aye, how dare they? Yeah, it was a it was a long match. Um, I, I don't even I don't even want to talk about it. No, in depth. no, no holds barred. Triple H puts Kiddie on the line. Um, I'll, I'll I'll run over the highlights. Triple H's Mad Max entrance, Batista's um, entourage entrance. Um, both cool enough, but. Like, but Batista trips going into the ring. <laughs> yeah, Batista falling on his cunt getting in the ring is a definite oh, highlight. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember we were watching that man. We were just pissing ourselves. We just that. we just wanted to see the women's triple threat, which was on after this. Yeah, but we had to endure twenty six minutes of this pish first. Fuck off, Vince, and your lust for big muscly men and your ego. Triple H, get fucked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that if you, every big star has been. You know when they think they have to come back and they can have their WrestleMania spot, and they bother. You know, your management should be saying no. You exactly. Know, like, exactly. This isn't. A, you know, we'll give you a B paper. Yeah. We'll give you a showcase match there. Yeah. We'll this. Put you on fucking Mania. This Mania is big enough. Was the longest match of the night uh, from arguably the two worst workers on the night. Like I'm not saying they're bad because they're not. They're two of the best ever. But you have to think about their age, uh, the ring rust from the two of them. Yeah, and the, Triple H obviously beat, had had an injury exactly. at that point as well with the torn uh, peck and exactly. stuff like that. So no chemistry in the ring for a while, and the overall lack of interest in a feud that was over at WrestleMania 21. Nah, you're right, mate. The cheek, the cheek of them may take that spot. Yeah. Um, uh, also, I hated HBK speaking commentary. He's not good at commentary. Nope. Uh, there, there was a cool spot with uh, Triple H and the pliers. Um, Pulling off Batista's nose mm-hmm. ring, um, which has just never been done anywhere nah. else. And I just thought it was, I thought it was creative. It, it, it would have um, been good if they didn't clearly show you the referee handing the nose ring to yeah. Triple H. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, Batista sets up the steel steps on the announce table and looks for the Batista bomb. Triple H's back body drops him onto the other table, which doesn't break. Um, looks worse when it doesn't break, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Always looks yep. worse. Um, Triple H then runs and shoulders tackles Batista through the other one, um, which I don't think was the plan. I think they would have done that one the fire. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. Um, because they hadn't cleared the third table, yeah. so it still had all the shit on it. Um, ah, okay, it was all right. Um, Triple H brings his toy out to play, Sledgehammer. Um, I think he's got two under the ring, actually. Uh, <laughs> gets back in the ring, uh, Batista spears him and, and gets a two count. Um, we get some really awkward bumps. Um, Batista takes a good old cane bump um, from a pedigree. Um, <laughs> And still kicks out, so that that's that's the the, the strength of the, the old taking it on the knees. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't take as much yeah. of the impact on the head. <laughs> uh, Rick Flair appears at ringside, hands Triple H a sledgehammer. Um, he goes over, winds up Dave a bit, and allows Triple H to hit the Superman sledgehammer and the pedigree for the on the animal for the three count. Um, as I said, not a terrible match, very slow. The dead crowd mm. just didn't help. Um, I think this uh, this match done nothing but bad things for this main. It killed the crowd before arguably one of the biggest main events in recent history, which was the women's triple threat between uh, Rosie, Charlotte and Becky for the two titles. It killed the crowd. You do not need to have this match. Uh, so no, to- the totally agree, man. It, it was, it was scunnering. 
is, is the word I'd use yeah. for if anybody's not from Scotland, that just means tiring. Yeah. <laughs> but it was one of those matches where, you know, especially watching it at the time as well, I was like, I really want to enjoy this, yep. but I just, I just don't have the energy to enjoy it. Um, that'll be partly because obviously we're watching it at four o'clock in the morning because of the time zones, mm. etc. as well. Um, damn Americans. But <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? Um, but I mean, it's, it's the way. Obviously, Batista wanted wanted to go out. This was his retirement match. He, he did retire. Um, I think I think he put it up on Twitter that he was done. Um, but it just didn't require mania, in my opinion. Of course, Batista, as I said at the top of the show, um, he's due to enter the Hall of Fame whenever the team is right. Of course, mm-hmm. been elected for this year, but God knows with the pandemic, it's going to make that possible. Yeah. Um, so there you have it, Dave Batista, a youngster with a, a rough upbringing. Um, he found bodybuilding was led down the path of wrestling. A true specimen whose hard work and, and his values led him to become an incredible star in WWE. Um, he found his calling, became a four-time tag champion, six-time world champion, two-time Royal Rumble winner, um, and a soon-to-be Hall of Famer. So an incredible journey um, and a name that my generation won't forget anyway. And he's made a buck or two in Hollywood as well. <laughs> he's done... uh, and he's, do- he's doing all right for himself <laughs> nowadays. Uh... <laughs> uh, did you enjoy that? Ah, it was all- enjoyable. <laughs> uh, one of my favourite wrestlers, he, he is good. Um, his prime heel stuff around about the kind of 2010-2011 uh, is something I'll never forget. So well done, just making himself, making it all about him, and it's what someone of that size should be doing as well. Paid his dues correctly as well. Yeah. Um, you know, as I say, when we, when we do these in your wrestling life, we like to focus on the wrestling career of that person um, and nothing nah. Nothing else matters. Too far beyond no. that. Um, so, you know, we've, we've kept it strictly to that. I know there's a lot you can talk about. Um, you can talk about his metal lunchbox collection if you wish. But uh... <laughs> and he's, uh, He likes some lowriders. He's part of a lowrider club in California, I believe. That's right. Yeah, uh... it was in his doc, wasn't it? In his documentary. Um, so, uh, I hope the listeners enjoyed it. And if they stuck a bit long enough to listen to the end of it... Um, we do want to do this again. Um, we won't be doing it every week like we do with other shows, but we'll be doing nah, it it's a bit too, um, every so often. Yeah, a bit too time-consuming to do it every week. Yeah, so um, on Saturday, um, which will be the 19th of April, I believe. Uh, 18th, um, 18th. 18th. Saturday, 18th of April, this show will have been long out and we will be doing a poll on my Twitter at markthemark 22 um, or you can vote for the next person that we do this on, um, which will be very, very nice. I'm sure you'll be voting as well, Stuart, just to make sure you get your right. I've not even <laughs> been told what the candidates are. I'm getting kept in the dark. Oh, you're about to find out. You're about to find out. Um, so the the theme is wrestling family. So we've taken somebody from a wrestling family and we're going to do one on them. So we're giving you four, sorry, four options. Um, first and foremost, um, Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, okay, okay. So of course we can talk about the legendary Hart family. Um, Stu Hart Stampede Wrestling Promotion joining WWE, becoming a champion in the land of the Giants. Um, of course the screw job. Uh, <laughs> He's jumped to WCW at the end of his career and, and sort of what life after wrestling has held for him. Um, a lot of sour grapes. But, uh, <laughs> so that, that, I, think that'll, I think that'll be an interesting one though um, whenever we get to do that one. But that'll be number one on the poll. Number two will be uh, Eddie Guerrero. Um, of course, we'll talk about the Guerrero family, his early days in Mexico and Japan as Mascara Magica. Um, the pathway under the United States wrestling scene, ECW, WCW, and WWF for the Radicals. 
um, how he was released early on and then came back to WBF. Los Guerreros, which is just a fantastic um, part of his career, um, which of, of, often gets overlooked. Um, and of course, his rise to prominence um, as a WWE champion. Um, and then, of course, the final feuds um, leading up to his untimely death, um, which will be a sadder thing to do, mm-hmm. but by the same token, um, you know, the guy deserves the time and respect oh, um, to be put on one of those shows. Um, another one, maybe slightly controversial, if but, I mean, is the McMahon family a wrestling yes. family? They kind of are the wrestling Absolutely. family to a degree, aren't they? Third um, generation promoter is Vince. Yeah, so of course we're going to be doing Linda McMahon, Hamill Jones. Um, <laughs> Shane O'Mac <laughs> um, will be on the list on the poll. Um, of course, we'll talk about being a McMahon. Um, his beginnings as a referee, countless backstage roles, and what's going to happen maybe in the future when the company goes away from Vince's grasp. Um the alliance, the invasion angle, the corporation, all of that. Um, his feuds with Kane and DX with his dad. Um, his absence from absence from WWE. Obviously, what he did maybe when he was away from WWE before coming back. Um, SmackDown commissioner, and of course, being the best in the world. Um, which I'm sure that I think that one might be one of the more fun yeah. ones to do. <laughs> There's just so much there. Um, and and finally, I think we're going to add on The Rock. Um, which I, I, I gets my own personal vote. <laughs> um, we talk about being the first third-generation superstar, the Anahi family, um, his college football career, introduction to wrestling, Rocky Maivia, um, and Die Rocky Die, where that sort of came from. Um, Nation of Domination, his, his movie stardom, and then being the biggest star in Hollywood ever. Um, WrestleMania main events, and of course, um, the twice-in-a-lifetime matches with Big Match Sean. <laughs> um, a lot to cover that covered on him. I think that'll be a hell of a shit. A bit too far. <laughs> Aye, um, so that, that, that's, that's the four choices we're going to put up on the poll. So that'll be on Saturday, um, 18th uh, of April. So to vote for that, go to at Mark the Mark on Twitter. Um, that'll be up there on Saturday. Um, and don't let it floppy eh? because uh, <laughs> that would be embarrassing. <laughs> uh, otherwise, we're just it's going to have to be a kayfabe uh, <laughs> poll result. Okay, well, We'll just do another review. We'll just delete it for history because I've never had. So there you go. And uh, so thanks very much for joining me, Stuart. Ah, that was smashing me. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. And Dave Batista, that was your wrestling life. <laughs>